Welcome to Quilting Business Success, the podcast where we interview quilters just like you who have turned their passion for quilting into a profitable long-arm quilting business. I'm your host, Andrew Weaver, and in each episode, we'll bring you stories of quilters who have the same doubts and fears that every quilter has when they think about pursuing their quilting dreams. But these quilters moved forward anyway, despite their fears, and today, you'll hear their stories. Tonight, we have Cheryl Matthews with us, as well as Darla Parks, and um uh, Cheryl, um, I was, I'm going to pick on you first. I was sent a little bio that gave me your background, but would you mind uh, kind of introducing yourself just briefly? Sure. Uh, my name is Cheryl Matthews. I live uh, out in the country in South Central Illinois, uh, around a little town called Sisney. And uh, Rick and I are both retired and loving, loving what we do. So Awesome. Perfect. And uh, Darla, how about you? A little brief introduction. Sure. Um, my name's Darla Parks, and I live in Cape Coral, Florida. I'm just new down here. Uh, I moved just before Ian hit, um, but I uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But I, and I've been a gamble girl for many, many years, and I love my job, and I will probably continue to do it for many, many more years. Mm-hmm. So, Darla, you're in a, a well-positioned place for the winter, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it was beautiful last winter after we got all cleaned up, you know, from yeah. the storm. But, but yeah. yeah. Yep. Moved from Michigan to, to Florida. All right. Well, I, I think I'll start with Cheryl, just kind of a, a flip of the coin as far as who we'll, okay. we'll do first. Um, so, um Cheryl, let me start with this question. How long have you been long arm quilting? I have probably been long arming about 23 years. Um, 23, 24 years, something like that. Wow, that's a long time. And so Cheryl, what um, what made you decide to start doing this long arm quilting? <laughs> well, actually, I had just started piecing quilts probably six months to a year before. I was sitting in the living room one evening, looking at a quilt magazine. Rick was sitting in his chair and I turned, I saw a gamel ad and I turned the book around and told Rick, I said, oh, would this be cool to have something like this? He never really said anything. But then a couple weeks later, he said, you guys wanna, you wanna go to West Plains? Sure, what's in West Plains? Gamel? Sure, I'll go to Gamel. <laughs> But I never seriously thought that I would ever own one. But yeah, so that's that's what we did. <laughs> that's a good husband right there. Yes, it mm -hmm. is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I've seen a few of those old magazine ads that she's talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, at that point, was running a quilting business at all part of your? No, probably not. I worked full time and... I just really wanted to quilt my own and quilt for friends. I have several friends who had just started quilting and, you know, my plan was just a quilt for my quilt sisters and myself. Mm -hmm. So how long did that last before uh, the checkbook started coming out? Well, 
I um now what wait a minute, what do you mean by time to check them? Okay, well, I, I mean when people come to pick up their quilt and they write a check. I, I don't know if they still do, but five or ten years ago the checkbook was a very common check, thing. Checks are on the way out, Andrew. You need to keep <laughs> up with the times here. <laughs> well, uh I don't know. I don't really know how long. Um I don't know if I can answer that. So when you first started the quilting, did you start with a uh, with doing hand guided, or did you start with computerized? Or no, I uh, we bought a Premier. It's what we bought with a twelve foot table, and it didn't have the Statler on it. And I used that for about five years, um, and then Rick said, "Why don't we buy the Statler?" And I said, "Of course, let's buy the Statler." So we went and had it retrofitted. So you went from our smallest, most basic oh. hand-guided machine. Well, actually, after I bought the Premier, probably about three or four months later, I got home from my day job and he said, hey, you want to go to Wisconsin? Okay, well, what's in Wisconsin? He said, I sold your machine. I said, why did you sell my machine? Because I bought you a bigger one. Well, he was okay. just about to go from the top mm -hmm. husband to the bottom husband. Just, that just is like correct. That. So he bought me a, a, a classic plus. All right. Um, and that makes more sense to have that one turned into a Statler. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then five years later, we had that retrofitted. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's still a common path for people. A lot of times they'll start out um, not realizing mm -hmm. at the early yes. point that they want a Statler. Yeah, well, the throat was the throat was so much smaller, and it was harder to to follow panograms as a beginner. I did a lot of panograms, and uh, it was just harder, you know, to do that because I had to roll it all the time. Mm -hmm. So, At, when you got to that five year mark, uh, where did you have uh, customers by that time? Or yeah, I had uh, I had several customers. I was still working full time. Uh, but I did have customers and I was quilting. I would get off work at 3.30 and get home at 4.30. I would quilt from 5 to 10 almost every evening and every weekend. Um, so I was putting a lot of long hours in. Mm -hmm. But let, let me back up uh, real quick because I should have asked this earlier, but you went from your 18-inch premiere Yep. Uh, then to a 26 inch classic. And then you had yes. that turned into a Statler. So there were a number of opportunities there to shop around and look at different brands. And each time you decided that the Gamma was the choice for you. Tell me about the first one. You saw the magazine ad. Did you shop around or was that just pretty much you saw the ad and you bought it? Well, I had always heard, you know, I had been hearing that Gamma was a uh, Cadillac. And um, I had been looking, I looked at different ads, you know, and uh, we had a neighbor who also had a gamel. Uh, she's an older lady. She's since passed away, but um, she had a gamel. So Rick and I went over to her house and looked at hers. And I mean, they're just sturdy. I mean, they're, they're workhorses, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I don't know how old hers was but I ended up buying hers also. Mm. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> I, so, have, I, have, I have three actually. Right. 
so then you also had multiple opportunities to you know to stick with uh with yes. the gamble machines i'm guessing yes. it's just they never let you down and so no no they and, didn't no yeah. not at all and i've always been able to figure out if there was an issue i've always been able to figure out what it was um so you know it was it, life was good life is good mm -hmm. you know so one of the questions we usually ask people is, how did you know there was enough long arm business available in your town to support another long arm quilter? But I don't think you ever asked yourself that question. No, I didn't, yeah. because that yeah. really wasn't my intentions to quit my day. Well, I was going to eventually quit my day job, but my intentions weren't to start this as a business, a full time business. It just yeah. kind of happened that way. It sounds like when you first started, you were almost working a couple of full-time jobs between that and the yes. quilting. Yes, so I was working. How long was it until you went to do strictly quilting? Um, I retired from my day job um, in 2014. So nine, I don't know how many years. And uh, then we that's when we built our shop. Uh, my fabric shop we built it and moved the machine out there um but yeah it was in 2014 that i quit my day job and started quilting full time mm -hmm. and haven't looked back since no i have not <laughs> now i so will say every once in a while i i start missing a few of my patients even though it's been several years it's been nine years I still kind of miss it a little bit, but not enough to go back. Never. Because I would miss quilting way too much. <laughs> so so you now have three machines. Um, yes. So um, how many hours a day do you spend quilting? Is it basically a full-time or full-time yeah, plus? I probably quilt six to eight hours a day. Um, of course, with the Statlers. And I have the two Statlers and then I have one Ascend. Um, I updated one of them to the Ascend, but a lot of times I just try to, I keep them going. If a customer comes in, you know, as well as I do, I can walk away and let the girls work on their own. They'll holler at me when the thread runs out or, you know, the bobbin runs out and they're good to go. So, so are your machines named? Of course they are. <laughs> would the, why would they not be <laughs> i knew it i knew it <laughs> well ethel uh lucy is my original girl she's named after my great-grandmother and then there's ethel named after my grandmother <laughs> and then there's jewel named after my other grandmother so you know i have to name them that's cool <laughs> you know what it keeps it keeps them around actually yes it does they're on the tip of your tongue every day Absolutely. I bet you have a relationship with those girls, don't you? <laughs> yes, I do. And I teach ladies how to quilt, and then I rent my machines out. And several of the ladies, they know my girls, too. They know the names. They know who mm -hmm. they are. You know, I can talk about Jewel, and, and one of them will say, oh, yeah, I like Jewel. She's really, you know, she, I really like her. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, my customers know the girls. <laughs> mm -hmm. so um with three machines and doing some rental of uh -huh. machines uh do you do you hold it to mostly edge-to-edge -edge quilting or do you also offer custom or no uh we do custom also yeah okay. i don't 
do as much custom as probably some people would like, but I do teach custom also. Um, and I do make some digital patterns for some of my customers. Um, I've got some really cool patterns I've made. Um, but if there's a custom quilt that someone's wanting, then I try to digitize a pattern for a specific area in their quilt. And, um, you know, so they can, they can quilt it themselves digitally or, you know, custom quilt it. Mm -hmm. um, how are your rates structured? I mean, obviously, you know, with three machines and all the different things, how, how, how do you explain when somebody asks you, how much is it going to be to do a, a quilt? How do you answer it? I charge by the square inch. Um, if it's a real dense pattern, I have a, a price for more of a complex pattern. Um, the same way with, with uh, my custom quilting. I have my regular custom quilting, and then I have some that's a complex custom quilting if they really, really want it. Uh, a lot of quilting on it. Um, so it's not just set at one price, you know, for custom or long arming or mm -hmm. edge to edge. Mm -hmm. So. So what would you say is a, a price for an average queen size that's not a complex pattern? Um, I will say probably about $170. Okay. That's not unusual. And remind me what part of the country you're in? I'm in South Central Illinois. Okay. Are you at the end of Midwest. a dirt road by any chance? No, but we no. did live at the end of a dirt road before we moved here. We lived <laughs> okay. in a dead end. <laughs> All right. So I would ask you, if if you look back on the years that you've uh, been quilting, um, about how many quilts would you say you did in your worst year and versus your best year? Oh, maybe, how many maybe how many quilts or how much money? Well, which answer do you have? <laughs> how much <Yes>. money? <laughs> okay. <laughs> because yeah, I started when I first started quilting, I would take a picture of every quilt I did, you know, to keep record. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I gave that up a long time ago because no, 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 <laughs> I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, was nodding your head with that one. Yeah. Um, probably one of the first couple, two or three, probably the first couple, two or three years I quilted, I might've made around 8,000 a year, but you know, I worked full time also mm -hmm. and uh, only had one machine. So mm -hmm. now with three machines and they're all computerized, um, I make probably anywhere from 40 to 45,000 a year. Uh, that's not counting my renting them out, uh, my teaching on them. Uh, but I, I'll probably say around 45 a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do you, well, let's see, you're in a full fabric shop. So you've yes. got all kinds of add-ons that people can purchase. <clears throat> yes, I do. Yeah. I, I offer batting. I've got uh, wide backs or just that regular 45 width fabric that if it matches their back, I will sew them together for them if they want. Um, but yeah, I offer all of that. Um, do you do like services like uh, binding? I do. Yeah, I, I, I do it from beginning to end if they want. Um, I do repair quilts occasionally. I don't, 
it just depends on the shape of the quilt, but I do repair some. Um, we had a quilt, we have a quilt of valor group in our county. And the lady that quilts for the quilt of valor, she uses one of my machines. She quilted a quilt and we didn't notice it, but one of the blocks was twisted. It didn't have the right pattern in it. So Gayla called me and said, hey, we got a problem. I said, let's seam rip it. We took it out. Then I put it back on the machine, lined everything back up and quilted it. And you couldn't tell that it had even had anything wrong with it. So I enjoy a good challenge like that. Um, challenges are good for me. Mm -hmm. um, but some repair quilts are too far gone. I'm not going to repair them. <laughs> I I have to I have to say I, I love that comment that challenges are, are good for you. I I heard a, a phrase the other day and it really stuck in my head and I'm happy to share it with anybody because I thought it was profound. And this phrase was that there's no growth in the comfort zone. That's right. And there's no comfort exactly. in the growth zone. That's right. Yeah. You know, we are never too old to learn anything new. Mm -hmm. And I, I am tickled to death to learn something new any, mm -hmm. anytime I get an opportunity. So. Well, that leads me right into one of my questions, which is um, what is one change in technology that makes it easier today than when you first started? Absolutely. The Statler. Absolutely. The Statler. Well, I, and and you've had you've had different software versions too in that, haven't you? Yes, yes. And I love the version. I don't remember which version it was, but it changed from just the name of a pattern to the picture to where we could actually see the picture. Because before we had to go to the name of the designer, and then we had to click on that, and then it would open up the name of the pattern. Well, that. I was tickled to death when I downloaded that upgrade that those pictures were all there and I could just click on that. <laughs> Kudos to whoever decided to do that because that was awesome. <laughs> It'll be mad. Mm -hmm. So in the time that you've been doing quilting, I'm sure you've had ups and downs. Um, who would you say was your biggest cheerleader during that time? And tell us a little bit about that. My husband. He's he, right there, isn't he? He is right here. <laughs> He's, uh, he, you know, anytime I needed to have any anything additional, he would say, well, let's just get it. You know, like me going and buying my first gamble, you know. I didn't really expect that he would say, sure, let's go out and spend this much money. But, you know, he did. And then getting the Statler put on it and then getting the Ascend put on Jewel. Uh, Ethel, not Jewel. Um, but he, we went clear to West Virginia to buy Jewel. And, you know, when I told him about that, he said, sure, let's go. You know, he, he has really really been my main cheerleader so and, as you were um, i'm sorry as you were growing and and like purchasing additional machines do do you feel like he was kind of getting the fever with you well he actually um 
went down to West Plains and spent a week with Andrew and was trained to be a serviceman for for Andrew. And uh, so he uh, what? Uh, he worked through Bill Kleinsmith. Oh, oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, so your husband knows this guy. He does know this guy. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, and he's, yet he's cleverly remaining off camera. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. That's all but, right. You know, he he is he has just been over the top supportive of me from the beginning through today, and uh, and I have a group of quilt sisters that I don't know what I'd do without them either. You know, um, I. I don't know what I would do without them as well. So, you know, but Rick is my main cheerleader. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's a good position to be in. So yeah. uh, what is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started? Well, at first I really worried about oh gosh, what if I can't get enough business? Or, you know, once I decided, you know, I wanted to maybe start a business doing it. I thought, what if I can't get enough? Um, and um, I didn't want to advertise, but um, so, I don't know. So, so what's been responsible for your growth, do you think? Word of mouth. You know, I think, you know, everybody's probably seen the movie Field of Dreams. Build it and they will come. Uh -huh. With Gamble, with long arm quilting, with the Statler, the Ascend, buy it, they will come. Let me tell you, at Christmas, sometimes I have been down, I've been backed up probably 70 quilts. And I quilt day and night when I have that many. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just... I just keep trudging through. And I think right now I've only got about mm, probably 25 to do, but mm -hmm. it doesn't take that long with three machines, you know. Mm -hmm. but so did you do any advertising in the beginning or is it never? Much been I have never? never done any advertising at all. It has just all been word of mouth. And um, yeah. The fabric and, what? Through the fabric and shop. through the fabric shop. You know, I get new customers sure. all the time through the fabric shop, but just at first, I mean, we haven't had the shop since just before I retired in uh, 14. Uh, but before that, it was just solely word of mouth, you know. So that was that was a good thing because I'm not really one that would want to advertise, but I haven't had to. Mm -hmm. And I have never been caught up in these 23, 24 <laughs> years. I have never been caught up ever <laughs> so um what kind of impact has the quilting money and the control of your personal schedule made in your life because you you did spend a number of years where you were working for someone else yeah yeah and now you have control over that yeah um if i want to go do something i just call one of the girls and say hey i need you to come and work that day i don't let them quilt uh, but they work the shop so I can go do something. I've just started going zip lining. Love it. <laughs> never, too you. Old, never too old to learn something new, right? But right. now, and I've got the money to go do whatever I want, whenever I want, you know? 
and that's a good feeling. You know, I don't, I don't have to worry about anything like that anymore. It's just, and my machines have paid for themselves long, long, long time ago. The only one that I ever financed was just the first one. And she, I probably had her paid off in four years because I would always just pay ahead. Um, the other two, I didn't even finance. I just bought them. Mm-hmm. And then when I had the Statler and the Ascend retrofitted, I just paid for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, easier I didn't to do when you have a stream of income from the machine. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it, it's it's been real good. And I would just like to point out that the stuff that you just got through talking about is uh, great information for our target audience because uh-huh. you know there's a lot of people that are watching this and will be watching this that um uh, de- either desire to start a business or are in the process of starting a business and the things that you talked about about uh, word of mouth and uh uh-huh. you know it, it's sounded rather well for lack of a better term effortless but you know now you have it has your, been your it has been. And money and i i will point out the word of mouth does work both ways and yes, it uh, does. The quilters grapevine is very effective but it is super important just like in any other service business to make sure that every customer is a happy customer that because- is exactly right mm-hmm. you know i i always worked and the patient was always right okay when i worked but you know what my customers are always right too if they want this color of thread by golly that's what they're going to get if i mean I, I'm not going to argue with the customer on anything they want. It's their quilt. And if they're happy, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So so I've got a few questions here from our viewers. Um, first one is from Cynthia. She says that her Statler is named as well. Oh, good. My question is, how many quilts did you have in the queue when you decided you needed another machine? Oh, gosh. Uh, that's been so long ago. Um, I would say probably, probably 40. Probably mm-hmm. 40. Mm-hmm. You were back there a little bit. Yeah. The, uh, the second machine we bought was from our neighbor, uh, the lady that we went and looked at her machine. She had passed away and um, her daughter contacted me and wanted to know if I would buy it. Sure, you know, I've got this many quilts I'm logged, I'm backlogged on. We will definitely buy that machine. But then again, it was only the, uh, it was a gamble. It was not a Statler. Mm -hmm. So I had to turn around then and put the Statler on and get it retrofitted. Um, So that took a little bit of time, but that was okay, you know, because I can still do freehand on that machine. So Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's about how many it was before I, and that was the reason because it was just, it kind of fell in my lap, mm-hmm. but. I got a question from Jesse asking how much of your business comes in person versus through the mail? Uh, I would say probably 99% mm-hmm. in person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have um, a lady in Colorado. Um, I have a, some floor, uh, one in Florida. Um yeah, I'd say 99% is in person. Now, they might drive three hours to bring me a quilt, but um, they do. A lady called me a couple days ago and said, hey, I've got a deadline. I really need this by Wednesday. In fact, it was yesterday. 
And uh, she said, is there any way you could get this put on and get it done right away? I said, I'm not open today, but you come on in. So she brought it in and I purposely left a machine open. And I told her, I said, just sit tight. Let's just do it right now. So she stayed, you know, the afternoon with me and let me go ahead and finish her quilt. So she didn't have to turn around and drive that much farther back home and then turn around and get it again, you know, so... Cheryl, you seem to have at least one fan actually here on the on the live. There's Uh-oh. a lady by the name of Wendy who says that you let her into your shop last Saturday during the shop hop while you were closed. I did. And, and you gave her a tour of your three machines. And uh, she says, I can't wait for you to give her some lessons. Yes, she (laughs) did email me and ask me if I would give her lessons. And I haven't responded to her yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, she lives in Southern Illinois. Oh, I planned on it anyway, but because I love teaching it. I just love teaching it. So, yes, I did. I did let her do that. I told her, I said, why don't you hang around for a little bit? Let's get this quilt going and you can watch it. Mm -hmm. So. People love people love to see the machine work too. I mean, it really, it's fun to watch. It is. It really is. It sure is. I I still stand and watch it. What looks like maybe here the last question that we've got from people for you is from Jean, and she said, "I'm so excited. You started on a very basic machine, and your machines grew as you grew. Do you think someone today can still do that? I have an 18 inch." 1994 L bobbin machine. I'm still trying to get it tensioned better for a better stitch quality. Maybe if I have a tech help with adjusting it, I could take off. I wish I could afford a Statler write off. Do you have um, advice for Jean? Well, there there is nothing wrong with starting with just a regular gamble. Um, I feel like if someone starts with just a regular gamble, they learn the basics. They learn how to load that quilt. They learn how to take care of their machine. They learn how to do some freehand, you know, whether it's following the paper patterns or whether it's just hand guided and doing your own thing. They learn those basics first. Then when she, if she would go uh, and upgrade to the Statler or the Ascent, which would be awesome, then she would already have those basics out of the way and she would just need to learn the program which the program is so easy, you know? And uh, so, yeah, she can still do it. Cheryl, you say the program was easy to learn. And I've heard that from lots and lots of people. (laughs) Now, were you already really good with computers before you started learning how to use Creative Studio? Well, um, yeah, I I pick up things pretty easy, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it came really pretty natural to me i have a friend that told me that she said you are you are just a natural at this and uh so that gave me some encouragement too so i think some people need more practice than others yeah well i have i have taught some classes and i would teach some ladies so they could rent my machine that they don't need to be quilting Maybe I shouldn't well, have said that. I'm glad you are... didn't name anybody. I'm sure it was somebody else. <laughs> well, yeah. they were they were quite a bit older. They were uh-huh. quite a bit older, never even used a mouse before. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is more difficult for them. I mean, they still mm-hmm. keep coming, but I still have to help them quite a bit. 
but yeah. honestly, Creative Studios is a great program. Um, I I just fell in love with it with my first Statler. It's mm -hmm. just it's just awesome, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, so what advice would you give to someone who wants to do something kind of like what you've done? Well, I think they need to just go for it. Um, you know, you might, you might not realize how many quilters are in your area. You know, we have a couple of people in our area that quilted. Um, but I never really thought about, we don't really, it's not a, a, um, a competition. It's, you know, we're all just trying to do the same thing. There are more quilters out there than what you realize. And so I think if there's anybody out there that's looking to buy a machine, absolutely a Gamel Statler Stitcher or the freehand and then update to a Statler Stitcher later. But it's definitely a workhorse. It's going to last for years and years. Uh, I think one of my machines is almost 30 years old, but she works just as hard as my other two. Mm -hmm. They are that reliable. Um, and I think anybody that wants to do it, I think they ought to go for it because like I said, chances are there are a lot more quilters out there in their area looking for quilters than what we realize. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I say, go for it. Well, it's obviously don't, made don't a big difference hesitate. in your life. It has. Yeah. It has. It yeah. has. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, Cheryl, there might be other questions that come that are directed towards you. So hang on with us. I We're sure will. Switch thank gears you. to Darla. And I know that Darla, your story is very, very different. Everybody's story mm -hmm. is unique. Um, how long have you been long arm quilting? I have been long arm quilting for 22 years. Um, and my story is I married a Canadian and I actually, he lived in Canada and I lived in Michigan. So one of us had to make the move. So my job, I worked for the government. So I just vested my retirement because he had more years in with uh, the phone company. So I moved over there and applied for jobs that I was doing in Michigan. And you had to have a master's degree. And I'm like going, you what? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I don't want to go through all that, you know? So I thought, what, am I, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I sewed a lot. I was a garment girl. So I thought, I'm going to go. Oh, well, let me back up a little bit. So the government at the time was shutting down, like in, in the States, they were shutting down government offices. And they were also doing that in Ontario. So my paperwork to become a landed immigrant ended up all over Canada. So I couldn't hold a job or even look for a job or, or even go into any kind of education until I got my, my papers. So I thought, gosh, what am I going to do? You know? So I went through the, the paper, looked for the local quilt shop. And I said, all quilters are friendly. So I went into this quilt shop and I met the owner and her and I became friends. I taught for her. I said, you know what? I can't teach. I can't get paid, but I'll take fabric. So she goes, well, have you ever quilted? And I go, no, I'm a garment girl. Like I make this and you know, that type of thing. She goes, well, Eleanor Burns is coming. I go, who's Eleanor Burns? You don't, I go, no, nope, sorry. So 
I didn't know who she was, right? So I took a class in, in her shop with Eleanor Burns. And it was a quilt in a day. At the end of the day, everybody left. And I said to my girlfriend, okay, this is a quilt in the day. How come my quilt's not done? It didn't get done. She goes, well, that's just her, her thing. So anyway, I was hooked. So then I started quilting and my paperwork finally came in. And another gal opened up a shop in the town that I was living in. But she was carrying these machines, these big machines. And I thought, well, that's odd. So I stopped in there and they were gamels. And she was the only gamel dealer in all of Canada who happened to be two miles from my house. Mm-hmm. So they were having this big creative needlework festival in downtown Toronto. And I thought, I just want to peek around at all the machines. But at that time, there wasn't a lot. There was APQS, A1, Noltine, and Gamble. Mm-hmm. So I went around and test drove them all because I'm going, you know, Canadian dollar, it's a lot more money with, you know, against the US dollar. So anyway, I said, you know, I told my husband, Gamble hands down is the better. And he even said the same thing. I mean, just the sturdiness, the quality, mm-hmm. the parts, you know. And so I went home and him and I talked about it. And I was telling my sisters back in the States, I said, oh my God, there's this machine. And, you know, I think that's what I'm going to do. So we did. My dad financed it for me. And uh, it wasn't in what you're going to laugh at this because I put all my bells and whistles on my table. I put hydraulics. I put zippered leaders. I put everything. I even had the, the um, the one coating that they had years ago, it matched the machine, but I did a classic minus. So it was like zero to go fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The so, most basic machine, but every bell and whistle on the table. <laughs> on the table, because I knew that I was going to eventually trade that head in, you know? So I thought, I don't want to get rid of my table. So anyway, I did that for three years, but I told the dealer, do not tell anybody I have a machine. I don't want to practice on anybody's stuff. So what I did, my mom and my sisters would come in from Michigan. They'd bring me muslin, bolts of muslin. And I would just practice, 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 practice. You know, I did that for six months. And then I would cut that all up and I'd take it to like um, the animal shelters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they loved that. And then once I got a little bit better, I, I didn't quite do that so much. But that's how I did it. But, um, so three years went by and people started wanting me to do their show quilts. And, you know, back in the day, the judges were really sticklers about stitch length, you know, 12 Mm -hmm. stitches for the inch, you know, they'd measure, do all that. So I thought, I don't want somebody to not win a ribbon because I don't have it together, even though I did, but it'd just be that one time that I didn't. So that's when I bumped up to a classic plus so I had that classic plus for probably five or six years and she was a dream the best the best hand-guided machine ever and so I had that and then you know I quilted for people in Canada became very well known in Canada and then my husband retired and he he said as soon as he retired we could move back to the states to be back with my family. 
I said, perfect. So I said, you know what? I, I deserve a Statler. You know, what do you think? He goes, yeah, you do. I said, really? So I bought my Statler from my dealer. Um, they kept the head crated because at that time, you know, it came crated mm -hmm. to them. He kept it crated. And then the movers, the young movers that were taking my table down, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to. I said, you guys have kids? And they go, oh, no. I said, well, do you want kids someday? And they said, yeah. I said, better take good care of this machine. <laughs> and they started laughing. They started laughing. And I said, you know, well, this it's is important my for people to know how important it is to you. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway, we got back to Michigan where I was a nobody absolute nobody so I had to reinvent myself so I decided to take a bus trip to the Chicago um, festival and I met a gal on the bus and we talked and I told her I was a long-term quilter she just happened to be you know a few doors down from me which I didn't know so her and I became friends but as I'm walking around the show I came across the gamble booth and it was like heaven to me. It was like, oh my God, my family, at least, you know, I felt. A right. You're home. There. Yeah. I'm you're, home. Yeah. So I walked, I walked up and I introduced myself and it happened to be Jeff Benedict. And I said, Hey, Jeff, I, you know, I'm Darla Parks. I'm from Canada. I was a rep in Canada and I, I worked for the, the gamble dealer there. And, and, uh, I and I'm looking at the whole time I'm talking to him, I'm looking at his screen. And I'm going, my screen doesn't look like that because I had precision stitch, you know, that I don't, that was a very old piece, software. Yeah. Very old. Okay. So that's, how, that's how long I go back. So anyway, creative studio just came out, but my dealer was busy selling machines. And she, at that time you had to actually download it in that they were sending all the discs out and you had to download it but she never gave any of us those so we didn't know right so anyway um jeff asked me he says well you know would you be interested in being a rep for me and i go well i don't know the program you know i said can you give me the program or i said i can't be a rep if i don't know the software so he did and i learned it like you know as quick as i could and uh and at the same time, trying to promote my business. And so then I became a rep and I started doing shows with him. I started quilting. Um, and like Cheryl said, word of mouth, it didn't take long at all. And then I started doing um, sideshows. And Jeff would actually bring a small machine up at, you know, a premiere, because they were easy to, to move around. And then later on, um, he would brought up the 22 and every show I did, I sold a machine because people like to touch, feel, play, and that type mm -hmm. of thing. And pl mm -hmm. plus, I'd have all my quilts there too. And and back and you know, back then it was a little bit easier back then because there wasn't so much competition. So then, fast forward a um, couple years after being in Michigan, I well, I should back up even. We bought our house for the room. I had 1,750 square foot studio. So every house we looked at, we have to make sure we go into the basement or wherever the room was. If we liked the top of the house, didn't matter. If the machine didn't fit, we weren't buying the house. We looked at 50, five zero houses and found the right one. 
So, yep. so I have a, a question and I might've missed it in there. It seems as though, and I might be wrong, but it seems as though for quite a period of time, pretty much quilting was your job because you didn't, have your, you didn't have your papers in Canada and you went from yep. the quilt shop connection there. You took the class, you started quilting and mm -hmm. you did some never sales rep kind of stuff, but you never had a job. Nope. Never had a job. That was my job. So that's what I was. That's what I became, you know, as a grown up. I call it, you know, mm -hmm. I never went back to the corporate world. I, I have no stress. Um, the only one that I can blame for anything, if something goes wrong is me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to let, I'm not going to beat myself up. Um, when, once I fast forwarded, I ended up, I had three machines like Cheryl. I had two Statlers and a Vision. The Vision I rented out. One Statler was just nothing but edge to edges. And then I did custom on my other one. So my mom and my sister worked for me. They pinned on leaders. I had like 15 sets of leaders. They did all the pinning, did all my um, bobbin winding with all the work orders. They never quilted. I just did. And I did that for many, many, many years. And I mean, I love my job. Absolutely loved my job. And then. That's, um, you know what, that's, uh, that's pretty special to be able to work with your mom and your sister like that. Oh yeah. They were super, but they, you know, they gave me a hard time every now and then they say they were going to quit, you know, if I didn't let them have lunch right away, you know, stuff like that. Well, they are family. <laughs> I know. I know. I'd have to give in. I told them I wouldn't, if they quit, I'm not paying unemployment. <laughs> so, but anyway, so kind of fast forward, my mom passed away and about two years ago and they had a house here in Cape Coral at one point. So I know the area, but I just don't know a lot of the people. And we wanted her to move down here and move my business down here as well. But she doesn't like the humidity. So we decided, okay, we'll can that. And, you know, maybe someday we will move down here. So we, we said, you know, when she passed away a year and a half after that, I said, if we're going to do it, we're at an age where we need to do it. So I said, I don't ever want to quit my job. but I got rid of two machines and I just have one. I quilt for people all over the US, like Cheryl, California. I got three customers in California, Texas, Wisconsin, North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi, Michigan. All my customers in Michigan, they, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them send them here. So when you ask Cheryl the percentage of customers right now, probably 50% of mine is mail order right now because I'm still new here um but i'm i'm it's i'm busy you know mm -hmm. like instead of having 40 quilts constantly i have 15 constantly which you know because i moved down here ian hit and then i tore my rotator cuff because of ian so i really didn't get working until february of this year so all in all but people are very receptive and very you know they're very good about new people coming in because I'd sell a machine to my next door neighbor and I'd help her. So you've just been running the, your business in Florida for less than two years or less than no, a year? That's February. I moved okay. down. We renovated our whole house. Okay. Cause we had to, we had to renovate it for the machine. 
house, you know? So we renovated it and then Ian hit and it caused damage to the house again. So, and there was a million contractors. I'm sure you saw it on the news. I mean, you just couldn't get the jobs done that fast. So, you know, we had to wait for all of that. Well, then I had surgery and, you know, that took until about February. So um, I, I think I maybe worked three weeks but that was all mail order stuff. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I've, I'm doing actually exceptionally well considering it's been mm -hmm. since February. So how are your rates uh, structured for your edge to edge quilting or your custom quilting? I'm glad you asked Andrew, because I'm totally different. I go by the longest length up to a hundred inches because people get so confused about per inch or per square foot they can't calculate it a lot of people can't so i do my mine as longest length so for example if you have a quilt that's 50 by 65 it's 65 dollars okay if it's 80 by 90 it's 90 dollars. anything over 100 inches it's different it goes two cents an inch so and then custom i have um low medium high and show I have, you know, low is uh, edge to edge in the center and then customizing the borders. Medium is like having side setting triangles, sorry about that, side setting triangles, block designs and a border too. You know, it, it just, and it, it ranges anywhere from $3 to like two fifty up to show can be, you know, most show quilts that I do are, anywhere around a thousand dollars i have one on here right now it's 850 it's 102 by 102 mm -hmm. there's yeah. a lot of time that goes into those bad boys absolutely and you know like cheryl i do you know dabble in digitizing and and it's not just that it's it's the deciding what you're going to do they have a vision you have to take that vision put it in you know on your computer you know, show them and, and say, you know, just what, what you like. Cause they say, oh, we really like a lot of feathers. So, you know, you put together something that goes all, you know, that looks nice together and they go, yeah, that's exactly my, that's exactly my vision, exactly what I want. So there's a lot of time in the design part of it, as well as the quilting part of it, you know, but I still, even though I've had this on my table a week and I work, like I've been up since three this morning <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I do my best quilting like at that time of the morning because my phone doesn't ring. I, you know, I, I take care of, I take care of my, my gamble customers, you know, and I met a lady down here that has a gamble and she's been having lots of issues. And she called me today and said, not lots of issues, but she, her thread started breaking. So I said, send me a picture of your thread path. She, she did. It was wrong. You know, mm -hmm. so you, you know, exactly. You know, the, you know how to help people easily. That's Bobby's world right there. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it is. Uh, I, yeah. I tell you what, it amazes me how many people, uh, if they would, if they would just pick up the phone and call or something, they could. Mm -hmm. But thank goodness she reached out to the one person she knew, I guess. Uh, she and I've never met help. her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never met her. But for, through one of one of uh, her friends, that is my customer. But she also quilts for for uh, Judy. Um, Judy was away, so Gloria came to me, and 
She said, hey, she's having problems. I said, just have her reach out to me and call me. And she did. And I, I said, yeah. most of the time you can, you know, with FaceTime, with pictures, mm -hmm. you know, it's I, just I all the basic things. I don't like to editorialize too much, but one of the things that I've been in the gamble world for 10 years and I've noticed over and over again, uh, when I became a dealer, there were a lot of people that got orphaned with their machines because the connection they had was with the prior dealer. And then, mm -hmm. and then I started to be the dealer for their area, but they didn't have my phone number. Right. And oh, then, yep. when, and then when I moved and there was a new guy that took over from me, same thing. People got orphaned. They got lost. And, exactly. uh, and then sometimes somebody uh, is not orphaned. They know who to call and then they'll sell their machine to a third party or whatever. And it's so much easier now that you don't get orphaned or, or cut off anymore because you can always call Gamel and, and get the help that you need. But there's there's orphans floating out there everywhere and we need to graft them back into the Gamel yep. family. Yes, and I, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Everything is well centralized now and that's that's a benefit. Mm -hmm. But there's some people that don't realize it, you know, and uh they, they can get a hold of us here. Yep. yep. So yeah. uh Darla, with your story, uh it answered a lot of the questions that we would normally uh you know hit you with. Mm -hmm. Um and you've yeah. answered a ton of it. One question that I have is um, do you have an idea of how many quilts or how much revenue you did in your worst year and your best year? Because obviously for you, this is your, you know, this is your income. Right. So this was my worst year, like this last year, because I, I actually stopped working in 21, say, um, I took my last quilts in in February of 21. I moved in March. I worked a little bit. Then we renovated the whole house. And, um, and then Ian hit and blah, blah, blah. So mm -hmm. that was my so it's worst been year. terrible. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's been terrible, but thank God that I had enough money from quilting that it was okay. My best year was about 75,000. Yeah. And that and was, stayed... that was before you sold your extra, your other machines. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I knew I was going to take, you know, like right now I I'm doing quite well. Cause again, I am, I'm quilting full time, but I figured my income was probably going to be cut in half, you know, from getting rid of the other, the other two machines. And I was okay with that because we want to do a few things, although we haven't <laughs> because I'm busy working, but um, I'm not, I'm not doing the 12, 13, our days so and that's why like I'm doing you know I'm doing eight hours and if it's you know with the humidity and stuff down here sometimes I'll work longer and you know I, I just yeah. never feel like I'm I, I'm overworked or underpaid yeah, that, that, that was going to be one of my questions uh you know when you mentioned uh, the three o'clock in the morning thing of how many hours you're actually putting in but one thing that you said kind of stuck out to me that you your preparation or your, your history of working over these past years has enabled you to this move that you made in bringing your Canadian down to Florida and uh, relocating, <laughs> exactly. uh, enabled you to be able to, you know, slow down on the, the work and everything. So it sounds like it's, it's been, uh, 
something that has enabled you from your past uh, work to uh, be able to relax a little bit more now? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I will never retire, I'm sure. You know, something will have to make me retire because it's not a job. No. It, to me, it, it is so not a job. It's, I, I look forward every day to come to work. Yep. You know, that it's just like, like Cheryl said, if I, like yesterday I had, I went to a quilt show. And so I worked on Sunday because I thought, well, I'll take the day off. I'll work on Sunday and then I can take the day off and I feel a-okay about it. I can go to the dentist when I want to. I can book mm -hmm. my doctor's appointments when I want to. I'm very, very, very regimented and in, in with my time. You know, I get up in the morning, go to work, have lunch. My husband actually makes me stop for lunch because I wouldn't probably stop, you know, and now he'll make me stop, take a coffee break, whatever. And, you know, then I go right back at it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, and I've worked for, um, like Cheryl, I worked with Sue and, and Kathy Kleinschmidt. They were the mm -hmm. best dealers ever. I've worked for yeah. um, four dealers in my in my time so and I've sold many 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 machines I got one on the burner right now um she came to me and she was thinking about buying a Bernina and I don't talk bad about any machines at all you know they all they all do the same thing you know and uh so anyway just with me talking I I brought her into my house and said hey why don't you come and bring one of your baby quilts her, for our charity quilts bring one of your charity quilts and I'll show you how it works so we went through the whole thing and she's like wow I I went to the Bernina store and they didn't they didn't want to even offer any of that I go well I do <laughs> you know so and I've done a ton of training I've written a couple three manuals um, on creative studio and that's what I teach. I just taught a couple that bought um, a used gamel that was off your used list. And they came on Saturday, husband and wife. And they, they, we did the, uh, my manual. I was just going to grab it. And I didn't want to jiggle around too much to show you. So, but yeah, that's how much I love my job. I love to make people, I love to teach people in very small group, two-on-one -on -one or one-on-one, -on -one, because I will not go any further unless they understand, mm -hmm. you know, because if I train them properly, they don't yep. need me. I always say I'm like, um, what was the, the little witch? Um, uh, gosh, what was her name? That she had the, she was real ugly and as the kids got better, she turned out pretty. I said, if, yeah. What's her name? Something I can't. Yeah, different. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But if I do my job properly, they don't, they won't need me. They'll mm -hmm. want me, but they won't need me. And, and well, then they, they just call. As you've been talking about the positive aspects, uh, uh, as we're watching on the video, Cheryl has just wholeheartedly been agreeing with everything <laughs> that you've been saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It's my. Yeah, it's my passion and I love to project my passion on somebody. When they walk into my studio in Michigan or they walk into this studio and they look around and then I have another room that has all quilts in there. Like I have lots of quilts because I had a big studio there and this one's smaller. 
but um, they're just like, wow. You And I go, I love my job. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, like I said, I probably won't retire. <laughs> so, so what is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started this? Make sure you, put, you're going to laugh at this. Um, like I said, my first dealer, she was busy selling machines all over Canada. So she was traveling and delivering and stuff. Nobody told me you had to put clamps on your backing. You know, nobody, it, just the little things. So mm-hmm. it's the detail in that, that it's important that people know. Mm-hmm. So when I sell machines or I do demos, it's, it's the little stuff. And I always say to them, you're not going to remember everything I told you. And I'm only a phone call away. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, Darla, I don't know if you've uh, had an opportunity to see the training that people get now, but one of the things that's really cool is that I've trained a lot of people the same way you did, where it was just, you know, trying to cram as much into their head as they were able to accept. And some people, you know, two or three hours and you can tell that awesome. anything mm-hmm. else and they're going to forget not only the future things that you try to cram in, but they're going to forget everything that they've already learned. And so I had to learn to slow down and to keep my eyes on, on them to see if they were, if they were actually retaining and building those mental connections and stuff. And I love now that our average video length is four minutes and, you know, we, we break up the loading, the quilt, which if you think about it, like it's a process that we've all mastered, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of steps to get right in loading a yeah. quilt. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I love the fact that, um, you know, that we didn't make a one hour long video on how to load a quilt. Instead, we, we broke them. it up into little tiny tasks that, yeah. Yeah. You, you know what, you know, one thing I did do when, when um, we had dealers, like for the Kleinschmitz, and I did it also for um, the other the other ones too. Anyway, I would tell my customer, I have no control in delivery, but when you get your delivery date, you let me know and I want to bring you in a day or two before they deliver because and go over just edge to edge. That was it. So we would go over edge to edge and I have a handout so that when, when um, Rob or Bill or whomever was going to deliver, it made their delivery easier. And it made, and I was doing it for selfish reasons too, because if I did my job, they didn't, you know, they didn't call me. Like, you know, and that, that is what people listening would have no idea is that I've only just met you today and we didn't coordinate what we were going to talk about at all, but um, it, it's, it's funny and it's very true that you learned back then that it's really helpful for people to pre-learn their machine before the delivery date. So exactly. we, we start people out in their training <laughs> program about two weeks before delivery now. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. it's been amazing because yeah. I've done some deliveries under the new program and whereas before, like I said, I had to carefully pace what I taught them and be careful not to teach them too much. Now mm-hmm. they're, 
some of them are almost elbowing me out of the way as soon as the machine is set up and working and they're, and because they're itching <laughs> to go to good. it. And so yeah. all I have to do is watch them and just make sure they don't do anything stupid, but they don't because they've studied, you know, and mm -hmm. boy, it's, it's a yeah. different world now. Um, it makes a difference about that too. Um, in tech support, one of the largest percentages of, uh, of calls that we get is people that have not availed themselves of just what Andrew's talking about. You know, there's the, the new mm -hmm. owner training, the, the videos, uh, you know, if they will take the two weeks, uh, you know, prior to using their machine, or if they already have one, avail themselves of that. Knowledge is so much power, and it will bring so much more enjoyment. And peace. And peace, yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And like, like um, you know, Sue and Rob and Bill, they would all say, it just made their job so much easier because they're not, their customer's not standing there during a headlight look, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. That star would show me that I do. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. you know, so it made the customer feel good that they had a bit of knowledge and it made the delivery a whole lot easier. So they could just kind of touch on point to point blocks and you know, that type of thing. And then off they, they went. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I just love it when people, they get it, you know, they learn it, they get it and they're happy. And it's like, then they want more. So, you know, they call me and say, Hey, can you customize a training for me? Sure. What do you want to learn? So I do that. Mm -hmm. And yep. Mm -hmm. so, um, I was just checking, we got a new question from uh, somebody and it's yeah. Donna and she's asking how to, how do you access the videos? And if you go back to the email that you received right after you made the payment for your machine, uh, in that email, there's a username and password for how you get into the training. If you don't know how to do that, um, you know, give us a call at the office and we'll help you recover your password so you can get in there and, and get your training. Um, so, uh, Darla, do you have uh, any advice to someone who wants to start out on this journey as quilting for others, you know, um, what would you tell somebody? I would tell them that take the leap. It will be so worth it. It's so worth it. You know, it is scary, but you know, life is, life is scary, but take the leap. There's always going to be, there's always going to be sewers out there always. And, you know, People are always going to need their quilts quilted. So I, I, you know, that I would just say, don't be afraid, do it. They pay for themselves. And, you know, I, like I said, I've sold many machines and people say, you know, I've had guys come up to the, to the booth and say, you know, that machine is that much money. I said, yeah. And he's wearing Harley gear. I said, and your machine was how much money? I said, but I, I said, and I'll say, but I bet I get a better return for my machine than you do. My machine makes money. Does yours, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, but I would just say, take the leap. Cause you know, I did, and I didn't know anything, you know, I knew nothing. And like I said, I would sell a machine to both of my neighbors if I had neighbors and I would help them. You know, that's just the, the person I am. I would help them to, to make them. Thing before we go, um, I know a lot of the people watching this, one of the greatest insecurities that people 
have in their mind is, is am I going to be able to get customers? You know, am I, you know, can you speak to that for just a little bit? I can. So this is what I did. Um, when I had to reinvent myself in Michigan, I joined the local guilds. I joined the women's club. I, I found any kind of venue that I could go to because I didn't have to really reinvent myself because I, I know how to quilt. I just had to let them know who I was. So mm-hmm. I taught and I ordered in Canada. I didn't do this, but in Michigan, I did this. I ordered quilt bags and I put my, mm-hmm. my business on it in that down below that I was a sales representative uh, author for an authorized scandal dealer, accomplished mm-hmm. quilting at the time, had my phone number on it. I gave every customer one that came in. So when they came back, they would bring their bag and take their quilts. So I probably put 500 out there. That was my best advertising, best advertising ever. So I have a follow-up question and I think I'll ask it of both of you, but we'll start with Darla. And Mm -hmm. that is that I, I suspect that, and we're going a little over on time, but if people aren't interested, they can always just tune out. So, um, but in front of me today, I see two very confident uh, and maybe even powerful is not a bad word to describe the uh, the self-assured and um, and confident is one word, but competent is another, right? You, you have skills and mm-hmm. s- talk to the, talk to the person who's back at the beginning, who doesn't have the skills, who isn't sure she can do it is, did, did you start out like that? And, and all what we're seeing now is just the product of 20 years or. Yes. I it's practice muscle memory. You know, like I, like I said, I would, I would mount muslin, yards of muslin, and I would perfect the feathers, but I'd perfect them going to the right. But then when you go to the left, it's like, okay, so you practice them going to the right, then you'd have to go south, and then you'd have to go north, east and west. And, you know, I just kept doing that. And, and everybody says, but you're so artistic. I said, I, you know, I may have a little bit of that in me from my garment days, but garments and quilting are two different things. I mean, it's sewing, but it's two different things. And long arming is, I mean, that's totally, I can't draw. I, I cannot draw. And everybody goes, well, you, well, you can doodle. I go, yeah, because it's muscle memory now. Mm -hmm. And it's all from practice. And that's Mm -hmm. all it is. Practice, practice, practice. And Mm -hmm. if you don't do the work, You'll, if you don't do the time, you'll pay the crime. You won't be good. Mm-hmm. Well, especially for hand-guided, that's the truth. Yep. Cheryl, what would yep. you say to that question about the the how you start out? Because people see you also as very confident. When when uh, the, my machine was delivered, the guy that delivered it and put it together for me, he said, best thing I can tell you to do is just put some fabric on and just start practicing. And I thought, no, I'm going to put a quilt on. So I had a friend <laughs> gave me a quilt and I just did it. Cause I thought, you know what? I can do this. I just felt like I could do it. And I never, never hesitated. 
And there have been times I've not been real happy with what I've done um, in the beginning. But you know what? Like she said, it just takes practice. Just mm -hmm. do it. You, we can accomplish anything if we don't try. Then we failed. You know, we have to keep trying, and we we can do it. You know, anybody out there that wants to do this, if she wants to do it, she can do it. She'll do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's well worth it. It is well worth it. The mm. the gamble, the Statler stitchers. They are just wonderful machines, and there is nothing with their with her machine that she couldn't do, because mm -hmm. the capability is there. Mm -hmm. And she, anybody that wants to do it, can do it if she really wants to, mm -hmm. or he wants to. I've That's sold true. some machines to men, and yeah. they're good quilters. You know, mm -hmm. you can do it. I'm a hands-on girl. You know, I really like to be shown something, but in this career for me, I've had to do a lot of things on my own and I'm determined and I don't care if it takes me 20 hours, I will do it. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and try to figure it out, you know, so. You know what, anyway. I, I would say that uh, the different people that we interview here um, week after week after week, it does seem as though you know, they start in different places, mm -hmm. but there, there certainly comes to be a, a confidence yep. when you have tackled yeah. something and, and achieved what your, yep. what your dream was. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, yep. Yeah. I love my job and I love being part of the Gamble family. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I've seen so much growth in my time, you know, and it's, they've never gone backwards. They've mm -hmm. always, you guys have always gone forward. And, you know, I tell people that all the time, you know, that they're a company that, that just wants to keep going, just like me. I just want to keep going and keep going and keep going and learn as much as I can, you know. So thank you, Andrew and Bobby. Sure, sure. I, uh, I don't know if I want to say this on the recording. <laughs> well, no. I yeah, I know. Well. So uh, thank you for your comment about, about moving forward and um, mm -hmm. the, the long arm quilting machine industry um, in a lot of ways has been, has been super backward in a lot of ways. And I remember um, years and years and years ago thinking, you know, we can't uh, uh, continuing to expect all of the other companies to continue to be incompetent is not actually a very good strategy. Um, we actually need to to be the first actual professional company that um, that uh, that gives that gives the customers the sort of things that in a modern era that you would expect to have, right? Mm -hmm. um, these these days, people's expectations are far higher than what people expected yes. twenty years ago. You know, oh, absolutely! It, it, there used to be yes. a photocopied manual you know, that was like the 40th copy of the copy, I have you know, <laughs> yeah. and that was, that was great. People were happy with that. And, uh, um, the, the world expects more of us now and you can't just, you know, Hey, so it was <laughs> super, super great to meet you too. And to yeah. hear your stories. Yeah, I would nice encourage anybody who's, 
anybody who's stuck around to the end and has enjoyed this, um, feel free to um, subscribe to the podcast. If you type in whatever you listen to podcasts on, um, you know, Spotify or Apple Music or mm -hmm. um, Google Podcasts or whatever, you just type in Quilting Business Success. Quilting mm -hmm. Business Success. success. I'm bring it up. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. And this particular one will be one that they will probably want to listen to more than one time. You, you ladies have been very inspirational and we really, really appreciate uh, your time with us tonight. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for having yes. us. Yeah. And when it will was it fun. be? Yeah. Yeah. When will it be available? I, I believe it'll probably be maybe a day or two before oh, wow. it gets posted up. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Mm -hmm. You know, I, yeah. I, I could talk, I could talk Statler Gamble all day, <laughs> yeah. all night. You yeah. know. All right. Well, yeah. we're going to go ahead and hit the end button. I hope everybody okay. has a nice evening. Thank yes, you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, Cheryl. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Quilting Business Success. We hope you've been inspired by these stories of quilters just like you who have turned their dreams into reality. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. One of the best things you can do to support us is to write a glowing review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're using to listen to the show. Those reviews help bring us up in the algorithm so that more quilters are exposed to our show. What would you like to change in your life, and what steps can you take today to bring you closer to the life that you want?